It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Scott the Hub, producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at uh, Superbook for America's Best Bet, Superbook, and also uh, our great presenting sponsor, uh, Sweet Sweat. Just awesome stuff. We'll do a... You know, next week we'll do a question mark to give away some swag from Sweet Sweat. But I travel with the bands. I travel with everything Sweet Sweat because, um, you know, I want to get a workout into the room and all that. Stay fit. You know, I've lo- I've kept the weight off, Mike. I've traveled now. This 10th week, I've kept the weight off thanks to all the supplements and all the exercise uh, from my folks at Sweet Sweat. For more information, you can find them at SweetSweat.com. So, um, Mike, how are you, buddy? What do you, what do you want to get into? Well, I, I'm good, and I'm, I'm kind of curious right off the bat here because we're football fans. We watch the game, but you really dissect the game. You look deep into the film, the coach's film, and you really dive into it. So I'm curious because I know you're calling the Saints game this weekend. Mm-hmm. So as part of your study, you took a deep dive into Saints-Bucks yes. last week, a game that caught all of us off guard. How in the world did the Saints just completely dominate Tom Brady and the Bucks like that? Well, I mean, it's it's a great question. And, you know, first off, let me start on the offensive side of the ball. Some of the things they did formationally and personnel-wise caught Tampa completely off, off guard. Um, one, Taysom Hill is an absolute weapon. I mean a weapon. And the different places they put Taysom Hill, like he can be like the slot or the F receiver. He can be the U tight end, the opposite guy of the Y, which in, in some offenses they still label as the F. So it's the movement tight end, the movement wide receiver, the slot receiver. They can actually play him at Y, meaning tight end. On the line of scrimmage. They can play him as a fullback. They can play him as a tailback. They do all of these things, by the way, Mike. They can play him as an X receiver or a Z receiver. So, you remember when Buster Posey, years and years ago, you remember Buster Posey when he was in college at Florida State? No. You don't? No. Okay. Well, when Buster Posey was in college, you know Buster Posey's great catcher. Unbelievable player, yeah, I right? I think of him as a great catcher. Okay. When Buster Posey was at Florida State, he played a game where he played every position, all nine, on defense. Did he really? Yes, all nine. So that is, Taysom Hill is the Buster Posey of professional football. Like, there is not a position he cannot play. And so they become, they become duplicitous if if that's a word they they more than duplicitous they they become they become like they can morph into anything that they want to be with that guy you know when i hear people say well that's what tim tebow could have been give me a freaking break like comparing the athleticism of Taysom hill to tim tebow is like you remember the movie cars that's like that's like comparing mater the old tow truck right to um to what was the what was Lightning the, McQueen? Light, light, Lightning McQueen. My granddaughter, when she was little, she used to call it Lightning the Queen. Lightning, but Lightning McQueen it made her. Like it's not even it's not even close. So formation. You're gonna get the Tebowites mad at you. I don't give a Trust. shit. <laughs> so, so yeah, but you know what? Come get a taste. Uh-huh. Come get a taste. So yeah, I mean it's like I mean it it literally is like it's like comparing a tugboat. 
to a speedboat. I mean, that's the difference in comparison. And the guy is phenomenal. The quarterback design runs they use. He can still throw it. I mean, he does everything well. He runs routes like a wide receiver. He can run tight end routes. Um, he ran a deep over, Mike, a, a deep over. on. It was a third and 15 play. And he runs this. He, it's like running a through route, but he changes the route in front of a linebacker. The backside linebacker is supposed to pick him up. He gets vertical, and then he bends it. And you're supposed to catch that ball on that throw at about 18 yards between the numbers and the hashes. And what do you get it? 18 yards, bam, right between the numbers and the hashes. But the route, the adjustment on the route was excellent. Like everything was – he ran. he's a quarterback that ran a receiver route to perfection. This is how precise they are. And I will Why also – Why don't they use him more? Because I'm, I'm looking oh, at his dude. numbers, and he's had uh, five pass attempts – Completed four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only run the ball 26 times, despite averaging 5.4 yards per carry. And he's only had eight targets yeah. for six catches. They, Why don't they use him more? They, wait, he They do. He's in there as a decoy half the time. I mean, it's the guy is an amazing player. And it's just going to get more and more. I think one of the issues, and what I saw last week compared to the previous weeks, Mike, is that what I saw is the Saints being incredibly complex with rotations and formations and what they're, where they're putting guys, where they're implementing guys. And what I in, what instantly dawned on me is, you know what? If th- this is a team that, to me, if this is what they are, 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 are fixing to hit their stride, right? Like through Zoom meetings and lack of practice and all the crap that we've had to put up with, they haven't been able to get all these things in sync. And if they're syncing up now, they, they're they going to become, in my mind, the best team in the NFC, my favorite to go to the Super Bowl. That's where they are right now. And it was amazing. The other thing that, to me, was incredible was Sean Payton play calling and what he did to a great Tampa Bay defense. How he essentially took what their strength is and mitigated it and absolutely eviscerated it. So early in that game, Mike, in the first drive or two, everything was Drew Brees getting the ball out of his hands in 1.5 seconds or less. So you can't get there. It was all quick stick routes. It was all quick curl routes. It was all, you know, shotgun, five-step drop, balls out right now. Boom. That was the Catch the ball, boom, throw the ball. Five and firm. You know, that was it. And they methodically dissected this defense that wants to pressure, wants to put pressure. So they're basically saying, bring the pressure. Bring the pressure. Go ahead. Bring the pressure. We're going to eat your one-on-ones up underneath. And they just did bam, 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 bam. Right? And then they implemented some run in there and some quarterback run. And there were several plays where – after the play is done, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are looking the sideline. Their guys putting their hands over their head. Like, what the hell is going on? What was that? What were they in? I mean, it was it was masterful. It was it was you know like back in the day when you were a varsity player. Like everybody can relate to being a, like a high school player, and and you're going to scrimmage the JV. You know, and you're just, everything you do works, right? You're just opening a can of whoop-ass on those kids, right? 
Like, that's that's what it felt like to me. It was like the varsity team scrimmaged the JV team. And it was a, an amazing display of controlling the tempo of the game through the plays that you call and the protections. And, and one of the things, Mike, early it was about let's get the ball out so they can't get there with their blitz. Then it was like, okay, now let's get heavy, right? Let's bring an extra offensive lineman in. And let's make sure we block up the edges with a uh, with you know kind of a west formation with a heavy west with a with a tackle and a tight end on the line of scrimmage. And on the other side, we're going to chip with our back, or we're going to chip, or we're going to get in a nasty split with our receiver. And we're going to chip the defensive end on that side with the receiver, and then we're going to release him late. And so it was it was this constant juxtaposition of balls out, balls out, balls out, boom. You know, lock up two man two man route combination, seven man protection. Boom! Let's go to you know, let's go to the run here. Let's quarterback run, quarterback run. Like it was one after the other, after the other, after the other. And defensively, man, they lined up in a bunch of man stuff. Malcolm Jenkins just locked up Gronk. It just it was it was, and they, I will give them this, their tackling was exquisite. Like when you got it, when you when you finally got one complete, bam, tackle, you're down. No yards after contact. So this isn't uh, one of those performances by Brady that makes you think, oh, you know, here he is. Here's the cliff. No. The age cliff that everybody keeps waiting for him to fall over. Right. They basically locked up their receivers. I didn't think the receivers won consistently enough ever. Um, They didn't win consistently enough. And I think the other thing was is they really, I mean, they really rushed the passer well. Whether it was Hendrickson or whether it was you know anybody else on that D line, they did a great job and changing things up. There's a bunch of eight man drops which Brady you know struggled. Not, I don't want to say he struggled with, but there was a bunch of you know droppers where they're playing some zone stuff and they're dropping eight into coverage and um, they just did a good job of changing things up, being super aggressive but changing things up at the same time. Uh- I, I found it interesting, and, and normally, you know, we talk about quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are usually in a in a pretty tight fraternity. They kind of look out for each other. Like whenever you have a game that's being broadcast by a quarterback, how he goes to great lengths not yeah. to call out one of the quarterbacks that he's broadcasting. This week, Brett Favre really kind of hammered away at Carson Wentz. Yeah, saying that the Eagles made the the wrong call in going with Wentz instead of Far uh, instead of Nick Foles. How much longer can they continue this Wentz experience? Uh, Wentz is having, uh, statistically, his worst year of his career. He leads the league in turnovers, interceptions. Um, you know, his completion percentage is down. His yards per pass attempt is down. Everything's down. Does Favre have a point? I, You know, I, I, I was surprised at that as well. I think there are, obviously... There are reasons, you know. I'm not gonna. I'm not in the excuse business, but there are reasons. I mean, at one point, all all five of their offense. I think the only guy, Jason Kelsey, was uh, the only guy that was that was starting of their five offensive linemen. They've lost, you know, tight ends. They've lost receivers. They have been decimated by injuries. Now that being said, he hasn't played. You know, he hasn't played very well. But he's been under constant duress, constant pressure. I think they're one of the worst teams in the league as far as pressures and sacks are concerned. Like all that stuff matters, right? Yeah, like, like, you just can't, you just can't go out and say, "Hey, man, go win this ball game. Go avoid everybody, and um, you know, and and make sure that you know you put the ball on time." I mean, there. This is why I love football. It's the ultimate team game, and I don't care how good you are as a quarterback, man. If you don't get protected, you cannot be good. 
You know, it's it's one of the reasons that it always makes it's it's head scratching to me that people that that talk about this game, it's head scratching to me. Like, how did receivers become such divas? How did they get the overinflated opinion of themselves that they're the most important people on the planet? Like, you, you do realize 10 other people have to do their jobs exceptionally well for you to even sniff a football. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get that. So to sit there and say, well, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, is not playing very good. Look at the statistics. And I'm like, well, look at all the shit that he's got to run through, right? I mean, I, so I am, I am basically, I'm, I'm kind of shocked, but um, I think, I think that Carson hasn't played up to his potential for sure, but I think there's some reasons behind it. So I'm not ready to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, some other interesting storylines. How about Lamar Jackson coming out and saying that opposing defenses know their plays mm. and are calling out their plays? And that's why the Baltimore offense has has struggled a lot more this year. Why Lamar Jackson, who at this point is well behind his pace for touchdown passes from a year ago, and is ahead, or behind, however you want to go, sure. with interceptions. Yeah. He's on pace to throw more interceptions uh, this year. The yards are about the same. Uh, completion percentage is about the same. Right. But the touchdowns way down. Interceptions up a little bit more. Well, I mean, obviously, when you get a sense from a formational standpoint and what they're doing, you know, I mean, there are some. there is always going to be a few trigger points. There's always going to be a few signs that tell you what a team is in, what, what they do, you know, that type of thing. So... Um, you know, you, you sit there, like, I've always believed this, that I don't care if you know what we're running on offense, if we can execute, you don't got a chance anyhow. And so, you know, people say, well, you can't tip, tip your stance. My ass, I can't tip my stance. I'm, I want to get out. Like I'll tip my stance all I want because I'm still better than you. You know, it's like global gym. We're better than you and we know it. And so. You know, I mean, we can sit there and say, hey, they're calling out our plays, but we can also say, hey, we were a three tight end offense last year. We lost Hayden Hurst. He went to, you know, and he's a dynamic player. He went to Atlanta. You know, we lost some offensive linemen. Um, we've had a couple of guys injured. Like, like it's great. Hey, you call out, hey, a draw's coming. Well, if I shove it down your gullet, what do you, you know, I don't care if you call it out. Or, hey, watch the wide handoff. Like, if we execute, we're going to be okay. And so I would say that, I would say to me the the bigger issue is how do you how do you throw the ball in more traditional throwing sets? And I think some of the things I think John, I mean I know John Harbaugh well and I know him well enough to know that he's looking at not just this season, but he's looking at what they're going to have to do to win in the playoffs because let's face it, two, you know, great back-to-back seasons with um with playoff appearances that uh, didn't go the way you wanted to. And I firmly believe that you're going to have to be able to to win in the playoffs, that you're going to have to have your quarterback be able at some point to orchestrate from the pocket. And, you know, it's one thing to have a bunch of touchdowns when you're always one-on-one because of the way you run the ball. You know, you're running a seam route and you got a, you know, you got a DB and trail type of thing, you know, and, um, and and you get a one-on-one matchup and you just throw a dart over the top. Like that's easy or you get some type of, you know, some type of uh some type of drive route across the field with a tight end who's 
got, you know, a linebacker in trail trying to cover his ass, you know, and that's an easy throw or you get on the outside and you got man-to-man on the outside and press and you run a slant. I mean, those are easy throws for a quarterback to make. They're single receiver kind of concepts, right? They're, they're individual routes is what we call them. So you get an individual route and you're constantly a man because you're trying to defend the run. Those are easy to complete. Now all of a sudden, if you're not orchestrating and you're not always in third down and three, where you have everything available to you, you're in third down and seven or third down and six, and you're basically saying, hey, we're going to play some zone, and we're going to make you layer a football. We're going to make you throw it over the top of a rolled-up corner in front of a safety. Can you make that throw? You know, And I think those are the things that are holding the offense back to some degree, and those are the things that he has to prove that he can do on a consistent basis. He can do them. But you got to do it consistently. And I think one of the things the Baltimore Ravens are doing right now, while they're winning, they're winning and their record is good, is they're trying to prepare him for what he will see playoff time. And I think that I think that's smart. It's not to give him the whole, like, it's not to say, it's not to go full Jim Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick and go, I'm going to prove how smart I am and Colin Kaepernick will never run the ball again. We're going to operate from the, we're going to go mano a mano with Peyton Manning. That was the demise. When he came to Denver and went mano a mano with Peyton Manning, you're going to operate the offense just like Peyton Manning does, and you got eviscerated in that game? Like, that's dumb. This, to me, is a smart way to kind of start filtering some of that stuff in so that you grow. That's outstanding analysis. You know what's the opposite of outstanding? What's that? My picks. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Superbook, Jay Cornegay. He's going right. to come up next. Let's Let's get to that. All right. Jay Cornegay from Superbook, America's Best Bet, and uh, Jay, man, I have not, uh, I got, I haven't performed very well the last two weeks, but I, I'm, I'm still better than Mike, and you know the good news is he's not performing either, so um, you know we're rolling right along. But uh, how you doing, buddy? We still got a winning record, Mark, and that says a lot. You know, the NFL is tough; it's really tough to, to handicap and. And, uh, you know, this week is no different. But, you know, if you're going to judge yourself by me- measuring your record against Mike, mm. I guess we should probably talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, no, I'm not. I, oh, no, hey, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's like, you know, I've said this many times on the show. You know, Mike is the kid that your mom made you invite to your birthday. You didn't want him there. You knew he was going to eat too much of the cake. So, um, you know, so no, I'm not going to compare myself to Mike. I mean, that's. That's a pretty low bar. Listen, when it Jay. Comes to picking games. As far as I'm concerned, you can't insult me enough. Okay, I deserve it. Um, I I need to just I just need to to, to to bathe in it. Okay, I just I I need all the mocking and derision and insulting that you yeah. can give me because I deserve it. Here's the thing. I absolutely deserve he it. He does, Jay. Here's the thing. Mike told me this morning we sat down in studio together at at five thirty, and and Mike goes, "I'm changing things up." <laughs> That's what he said. He just looked at me and goes, I'm changing things up. Yeah. So I cannot wait because yeah. I don't know exactly what Mike's got going on. So, so he gets to pick first. Here's my strategy as okay. I lug my 10-14-3 record uh, into into this week's picks. So, Jay, the last few weeks I've made picks in which you said afterwards, hey, Mike, those are pretty good picks. That's a 2-1 and one or 3-0. and oh. So my goal is for you this week to say, Mike, those are terrible picks because I'm figuring, you know, reverse odds. So here we go. I'm going three underdogs, three All underdogs, right. okay? I'm going to take the Giants, who I think have been improving uh, week by week uh, under Joe Judge. I'm going to get the uh, Giants at home plus three and a half against the Eagles. 
I'm going to take the Chargers uh, plus two on the road at Miami. I just think the football gods, it's time for the football gods to actually smile on the Chargers after these last two weeks. And I'm going to take the uh, Bills plus a point and a half uh, at Arizona. I just think Buffalo is a better football team. So there you go. Mock away, insult away. Have at it. Those are horrible. Good, um, good, good. Keep uh, saying that. Keep you, saying that. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Jack. Oh, come on. You're just – now you're just yeah. – you're, oh. hey, That's what you told me to say. Yeah, yeah. Right. I want uh, you to. So, <laughs> and I got to admit, you know, I really did like your picks last week, Mike. You know, but that's that's the NFL. It's just so difficult. And, you know, you're only one week away from getting back to 500 or close to 500. And uh, so we, we got some time here. But, uh, man, you, you're looking at this first game. You said the Giants, uh, what an ugly game this is. But um, you're right. Giants have played a, a, a little better lately. I mean, they could have beaten Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago. Eagles are coming off a bye. Um, but I would say that uh, I agree with you that the Giants look better than their record, especially over the last few weeks. Eagles are getting healthy, though. I know Sanders coming back. I, I, you know, Jeffrey might be coming back as well. But uh, taking a point and taking the points in an ugly game, you know, I don't really blame you there. Uh, the, the the other two games are actually two very entertaining games, very interesting games as we're talking about some some really solid young quarterbacks here. Chargers plus two at the Dolphins. I'm kind of a Brian Flores fan. He's just been doing a terrific job with the Dolphins. I think they've won four in a row. Uh, as I mentioned, the two potential star quarterbacks. This game's going to be a lot of fun. I will say this, the Sharp guys are out there. They always love the Chargers as a dog on the road, and this week is no different. We've already had some Sharp play uh, with the Chargers. but So this is going to make your day, Mike. I'm going to go against you. I, I like the Dolphins here. I'm going to take Flores over Lynn, and uh, I just think they're just playing terrific ball, and I think they have a lot of confidence. Bills at the Cardinals. Uh, man, the Cardinals are a tough team to figure out. They – you know, they beat up on these bad teams and they really struggle or blow games against, uh, you know, these better teams. And the Bills are one of those better teams. However, I think it's another great game to watch. It's going to be a great game for the fans because uh, whenever you have quarterbacks that can run and pass, it just seems that, like uh, they're very entertaining games. But the Cardinals got to stop blowing these games because they're in a the division. They, they can't afford to blow these games. So uh, I think the Cardinals will bounce back after that Dolphin loss at home. And uh, they should, uh, you know, uh, beat the Bills here. So this is what you wanted to hear, Mike. You're one and two this week. Yes. How's that? Good. Good. Nice. For the first time in a month, I feel some optimism. Yes. Yeah. You know, I wanted, Jay, I, I was going to tell you, I was just going to go straight opposite of Mike for a while. Just whatever he picked, I was going to go oppo and, um, and just see how my record, you know, rolled. I, I'm with you on the Dolphins, though. I, I will tell you this that's interesting. Like, you look at this matchup. The Chargers are very much vanilla on the defensive side of the ball. They want to play single high safety. They want to play eight-man fronts, and they want to play cover three. That's that's really, you know, 65 70% of what they do is that. And I think for a young quarterback, that's pretty simple. When you're going to get in one thing and just do that one thing, that's pretty simple. The Dolphins are far more complex on the defensive side. And, you know, Flores brings that New England Patriots style of defense where they've got guys that play multiple positions. So, you know, they've got a linebacker that could play defensive end in one grouping. He could play outside linebacker in another, inside linebacker in another. And it makes it hard to designate. 
and the Chargers really struggled against a bad Raider team when it comes to pass rushing last week. They really struggled protecting their quarterback. So I do kind of like that uh, the opposite side of that. But I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna do that because that would just be rubbing it in, Mike. And you know that I am not one to rub things in. No, you're such a gracious winner. Yes, I am very, very gracious. So I'll give you my picks here. Um, I've got Lions, Washington, and I'm on the other side. You know me, I'm a favorite guy. Um, I like the Lions here. Lions at home against Washington. Washington had another injury at the quarterback position. I just don't think they're a very good team. I like Stafford there, um, uh, given four points. I'm going to go with the Lions beating uh, the Washington football team. And then I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. They seem to be figuring it out, giving up two and a half to the Bears. You got I got to believe that the Vikings can beat the Bears by a field goal. I know it's on the road. I know the Bears' defense is tough, but the Vikings run the ball exceptionally well, taking the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands, right? Saying, hey, dude, you're going to throw it 14 times or 20 times, but that's about it. I think that's a a winning recipe for the for the Minnesota Vikings. They're getting better on the defensive side. So I'll give the two and a half and I'll take the Vikings over the Bears. And then lastly, I know there's a little controversy right now in Ravenland with uh, Lamar Jackson going on uh, a show and talking about the fact that oh the the defense is reading our plays or calling out our plays. They're playing the Patriots. This Ravens defense is outstanding. They're going to bring pressure. I know Cam Newton didn't turn the ball over, but it was the Jets. Okay, it was the Jets. So I'm going with the Ravens, minus seven. I think they beat them by at least ten. I'm going the Ravens over the Patriots. What say you, Jay? Well, you picked the ugliest game on the board, and that's the Lions (laughs) against the football team. And, uh, it's just a, a plain ugly game. We actually have this game off the board right now because uh, Stafford is in a concussion protocol, but it looks like he's going to play. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure how close he'll be to 100%, but, uh, you know, I never trust the, the Lions laying points. And uh, on the other side, you got Washington, who it doesn't matter what quarterback's in there. They all are the same to, to us. Uh, uh, Alex Smith looks like he's going to get this to start. But, again, this game is off the board until we know – uh, the status of Stafford. So, I, I you know, I, it, it's really it's such an ugly game. It's hard to pick somebody. But I, when it when it, when in doubt, I'll take the points there. I guess uh, as I agree with you the, with the Vikings, though, Mark. I, I, you got to look at the Vikings and what they've done over the last few weeks. And and as we mentioned last week, when when they have Dalvin Cook in that backfield, they are just a totally different team. Uh, I think it was about three or four weeks ago, we had the Bears minus two and a half in this game. Now the Vikings are, are the favorite at minus two and a half, most likely going to be three, maybe even three and a half at kickoff. So I got to go with that Vikings because they look so good over the last couple of weeks. And when you can run the ball like the Vikings can, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really um, <laughs> not a bad way to go. The Bears, uh, they just, it's, it's, it's in the religion of Bear fans just to blame the quarterback all the time. Um, and, and I agree, I mean, there's some poor quarterback play there, but you might want to look at Matt Nagy a little bit. But uh, moving on to this Sunday night game, the Ravens at the Patriots, whew, I, I don't blame you. This is probably going to be one of the biggest needs of the year for the sports books, as everybody will be on the Ravens. Uh, I don't blame them because the Patriots, I mean, they just don't look very good. They don't look motivated. They don't even look like they want to be out there. They should have lost to the Jets last week. I'm going to go with you and take the Ravens and lay those points. Even though, uh, you know, I don't like what Jackson's been saying, 
he's my fantasy quarterback. And he's really, you know, I'm really kind of hot at him right now because he's blowing my league for me because he's not scoring much. But I'll take the Ravens over this unmotivated Patriot. All right. Well, there you go. I got one more question That's for you. That's two and one for me, Mike. Yeah, I know. That's fine. Uh, I've got more. Uh, one more question for you. With the Masters uh, going on, it's it's cool to watch. I, I it actually Augusta National looks looks beautiful. It looks it's, it looks awesome in the fall. How mm-hmm. how much of uh, how how much action do the do the books get on 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 golf on a, an event like this? Well, the Masters is usually the biggest bet tournament. Uh, one of the main reasons. is Normally, uh, under normal circumstances, we have it up for months and months, you know, before the April uh, event. And this year, we we actually uh, posted it after they re- announced that they were going to postpone it until November. We reposted the the Masters in uh, June, so it's been up for a few months, but always a, a huge popular event. In fact, it's so popular, you know, what the NFL did on Sunday for you know the golf viewers, they scheduled all you know, the poor games early in the morning and they moved all the important and the better games in the afternoon, they're going to televise the Masters really early in the morning so people are going to be able to watch the Masters in the morning and then some of the better NFL games in the afternoon. That's how much influence the Masters has. In fact, this will probably be one of the few times, if ever, that we will actually have the golf sound on over the early NFL games. So... That's how, how big the Masters is. We, we get a tremendous, a tremendous amount of action on this golf tournament. Jay, what does it say about me that I have an afternoon game next week? You got a good game, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Means I'm great, well, Jay. Jay. Hey, they, you, Mark, the wrong answer, you're the, the correct answer, the correct response would be, it means that you're awesome, Mark. That's what it means. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you, I listened to you last week. Great call on that Raiders Chargers game. Enjoyed it, man. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. And thanks for all the insight. We appreciate it. So you got Mike going one and two. You got me going two and one. And uh, just continuing my dominance here during the season. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate you. All right, Mark. Take care. That is Jay Cornegay from uh, Superbook, America's Best Bet. And again, Mike, um, well, actually not again. He sides with me, which has got me a little bit nervous. Yeah, for the first time in a few weeks I'm actually feeling like my luck is about ready to change here. You think? Hey man, it can't get any worse. No, it I've can't. Been, you can I, go 3. I could go 0 and 3. But I've been awful. That would make my day. I've just you been going awful. 0 and 3 would be even better than me going 3 and 0. Like it would be awesome. That would be really yeah, but you're, you're beating me with a fifth what what are you 15 and 12? 15 and 12. Okay, you're 10 it, 14 yeah, and it, 3. Raise your bar, man. Okay? If your bar is just to be better than me, raise your bar, dude. I suck. Yeah, you do. I do. I suck right now. You're, that's a good point. All right? Okay. I, have, bar... I have no problem. In fact, I want to scream it from the ro- top of the Rocky Mountains. I suck All right. right now. My bar is getting raised. Yeah, raise it. That's right. It's got to be better than mine. That's right. All right. When it comes to when it comes to, to picking games, I'm going to get on Game Viagra. My bar is getting <laughs> that's raised. That's right. Hey, for everybody involved in this. So you can pick games for at least an hour. Yes. Everybody involved any longer than four hours, see your doctor. If for all the for, for all the people involved with the Stick of Truth podcast, for our fun, friends over at Superbook, America's Best Bet, we thank you so much for sponsoring the show. And all the great people over at Sweet Sweat. That's sweetsweat.com for all your exercise needs. Thank you guys. We'll be back with you next week.